The following podcast is completely fictional. All of the characters, even those based on real people, are fictional. They are just impressions by a weird dude talking to himself for your enjoyment. Hola, bramigos. Yo, yo, it's Above the Dave. Welcome to another episode of the Lot Scene Podcast. Today, I want to talk about the second half of 2019 and get into essentially where the band was at and how I think it is such a monumental moment in their career and really some just epic, epic live shows. After that, we are getting a visit from Sally, the jam band groupie, and we're going to get all the updates going on with her. And then finally, we have the epic Dean Ween of the band Ween in the studio today and we're going to get into it so smoke a bowl and get on parole it's another episode of the lot Disco Biscuits fan, I could not be more excited about the direction that my band is going in and the incredible year that was 2022. But with so much new stuff being thrown at us and so many things happening so fast with this band, I did want to take a moment to talk about some more recent events that we can look at. I mean, recent as in the last few years. I seem to have talked a lot about 20 years ago and I'll probably do that a lot too, but today I want to speak a little bit about some more recent changes that have happened with the Disco Biscuits. So maybe we can appreciate some stuff while it's happening a little bit more than looking back at it so much, though I do love looking back at it. Uh, I am going to talk about 2019 and how I do think it is superb. It was the big comeback year, if I recall correctly, the big set break is over a year. I mean, in terms of the amount of shows, it's not like a significant step forward in terms of touring. They they did way more in the last two years than really this was more of a, a slow ramp up, but it was definitely a great year when they did play. Uh, right out the gate, they were doing really dope things. And there's a lot of memorable shows and a lot of cool bust outs. They definitely were on their bust out game and doing some dead, I know help on the way, a slipknot, Franklin's went down that was really really great and they really made it into a like slipknot into like a biscuits tune it was it's pretty pretty remarkable uh they did a really really dope camp bisco after doing a really great colorado run uh, in may 
uh, where they did Red Rocks. But that's pretty standard. I mean, even even set break biscuits would make at least a run or two a year in Colorado. As I said, they didn't really have a set break. They just got treated to biscuits all the time, every year. And really good biscuits. That didn't stop this year. But then they did have a really great Camp Bisco. Uh, Sammy showed up. They did a set commemorating the uh, Apollo 11 moon landing with uh, the very moon into moon into lunar pursuit into very moon into astronaut to space bird mating column to astronaut and then wet. Uh, that was pretty great. And then this is what I want to talk about. It's really the second half of 2019 that this band really did something that I don't think I would have ever expected them to do. I, they had a little break from Campisco, which was in July to October when they showed up and did two nights at the 10 mile music hall. These shows, I don't know if you were there at these shows, I could see people having a mixed review on these, on how they feel about it. I'll be honest. I mean, if I was going in to see a disco biscuit show and I got this, I could see myself maybe feeling a bit conflicted. It's essentially kind of tractor beam. They, they, I don't know if it was billed as such. So maybe that's that's the other thing. I don't know if they build it as tractor beam. They very, they might have. If now that I think about it, uh, in which case, yay. Uh, but also, even if you're thinking tractor beam, you're probably thinking, oh, they're going to do biscuit jams and songs uh, without lyrics, which is typical tractor beam. No, they did uh, four sets over two days. That was them jamming, essentially covering tracks from DJ mixes like Solomon and Carl Cox, uh, primarily, uh, as well as others. And it's cool. Listening back to it, it is really cool. Knowing what the Disco Biscuits were about to unleash on us, because I don't, I don't even know if they knew what they were going to do, but essentially they do these two shows, two of three shows. The third show, this Colorado run, it was at Breckenridge Brewery, and they did a straightforward just Disco Biscuit show. Disco Biscuit songs. So it was like two days at the 10 Mile Music Hall where they do this just basically covering other DJs' mixes and playing on top of it and, and probably improvising a bit off of it. And then they do one straightforward biscuit show. And then there's another break for another month. At this period, probably before and after these Colorado shows, uh, I know that the Disco Biscuits were very deep and heavy and working with their coaches and just committing to putting in the effort to come up with new stuff and play together better and work and just something new. They just threw something at us that really, I think, kind of took us by surprise. We No one really saw this coming. And then they hit us with like a real, like solid change up. I guess I thought, okay, if I see the Disco Biscuits, there may be some things I can expect. I don't think I would have expected this. And I and, and what was to come, I think, is pretty great. And I know there's going to be people who have mixed reviews about the second half of 2019. I think it, it gave us so much goodness. Because now there, was, there were new songs. But there weren't new songs like we have now. But there were new songs to be excited about. There were a few with lyrics, a lot without lyrics that were like jam vehicles, essentially. Um, a lot of them have since gone on the shelf, uh, and a few have, have, have made it through. That is, again, pretty common Disco Biscuits in the cycle of how they work and how they put bring out music and how a few stay, and then the rest kind of become like 
bust outs potentials but just jamming on top of dj sets and or just jamming dj mixes and what what was that all about like what what's what's the point of that looking back on it i'm like oh man this was such a a nice treat like our band uh took a bunch of risks and they put in a lot of work in the studio to create what kind of became for this next period like a drums into space if the disco biscuits have never had anything like that i don't think but for one period of time we we have that we have we had the tractor beam it we didn't know what tractor beam we were going to get it was going to probably take something from some of these moments that we see here on october 3rd and october 4th at the 10 mile music hall a lot of it then moved on for the next few months to become predominantly second set but sometimes both sets uh in a tractor beam jam that's what they were moving towards i don't know if that was the plan but what came of it was jamming like i've never heard the disco biscuits do and when i heard it i thought to myself holy shit this this really is it they were serious about this set break being over thing like this is definitely new a lot of it had to do with barber making his guitar sound like a synthesizer a lot of arpeggiating a lot of synthesizer sounds and it just turned into a lot of really heavy fucking dance music like really heavy synthed out trancey dance music that what it felt like the evolution it felt like holy shit it's like maybe like when the dead go from 70s to 80s dead where there's like a a sonic change that's like this is what it sounds like now i don't even know if it's that dramatic but at least when you got that tractor beam stuff which then also did make its way into other jams like there were plenty of jams that that spawned in this time frame that didn't quote unquote go into a tractor beam jam but because the band was doing so much of this experimental jamming that they were so tight that they would just all move into their own new DJ mix, their own new house where Barber was just, just when he moved into those sounds with the arpeggiating and all of that, it was totally thrilling. Like I was all about what I was hearing. And not at first, I was kind of like, what? I was a little jarred by it. I was like, okay, what is happening here? Because I, I didn't know any of it. And so I was kind of shaken by it. And then when I started listening as the shows were coming out on Nugs and I was listening to more and more of the end of 2019, by December, I was like, holy shit, every show. I was like, this is insane. Like, I love what Barbara's doing. He's he's just opening it up. We're taking away what you've known. We're going into this unknown territory. And I'm going to be blending in now. And him and Magner became... a more like it became more of a gray area like who was what when i listened to it i wasn't there at the show i'm like who's making what sound and that even could have been alan or mark i mean all of them were hitting synths and pads and it was like i don't know who's making what sound and that was so exciting it, it was hearing my band in a whole new way and what's more exciting about that especially when they were like telling the fans like here we go and i was like all right we got got some new songs they're playing great and then this drops end of 2019 all of a sudden now they do the shows they do a normal show to like i said in colorado but now november 15th we're in pennsylvania and this is it second set you get a tractor beam jam you're getting some first time played of a few songs station electric slinky songs we don't see that much anymore <laughs> 
And then the next night, November 16th, Tractor Beam Jam, second set. Then the next night, the National Tractor Beam Jam, second set. But let's let's just understand also that's that we're also getting like a first set with Vasilios dribble Shemron astronaut this is November 17th the national again four song set like I said they, they, a lot of times they are even doing the tractor beam thing within some of these songs uh November 20th tractor beam jam second set second set November 21st we're getting the tractor beam jam also new songs busting out left and right like 4th of July this is a high highly productive phase for the biscuits Anyway, you see the theme. We're just going to go straight through November, every single show. All of a sudden, there's something kind of predictable about a Disco Biscuit set list for the first time ever. There's a tractor beam jam. We know it's coming. I went to a show for the holiday run. We knew it was coming. I was fucking pumped. I was like, Where, what's it going to be? Because I knew that that was a period where they were truly going to like open up. I think it started when I listened to the, the original Colorado shows that it felt like they were just moving from track to track. It, it, for me, it's not even the, really the greatest shows. I, I, it was in, it's interesting, but just now where we're at now, two months later, now we're in Florida and it's December 12th and it's been two months that they've been playing it for all the shows and they've been practicing it. Now it's like fucking epic. It felt like there was this new lease on fucking life with the Disco Biscuits and jamming, how they approach jamming, which they've already like reinvented the game like a few times, in my opinion, push limits that other bands just haven't been doing. And now here we are again at another dawn. And it's about, we're about to enter a world where it's just fucking robot sex dance music. And then here's the thing. Uh, really, really great holiday run. Tons of tractor beam jamming. Bunch of new songs we're all excited about. End of 2019, we end on a just super high, pumped up fucking note. We're just really pumped on the band. We love these songs like Anthem and, uh, <laughs> you know, and Running. We're getting three song sets and four song sets left and fucking right. Like a lot of 2000, end of 2019. If you look at the set list, it's, a, it's three songs, four songs. I mean, rare to see more than five. They are jamming so fucking hard, this run. And it's so thrilling i've gone back to a lot of these shows but it's hard the thing is though that and here's why it's hard sometimes to like look at 2019 the way maybe we should but i do think in time we will look back at 2019 in this period as really really fascinating because they it felt like again going into 2020 this man had so much momentum you know separate was over they're jamming so fucking fierce and they're busting out all these new songs and we're into it not as into it as we are right now well what happens the world shuts down and the disco biscuits once again the momentum is put out and no band really did better at trying to keep the momentum going than the disco biscuits they really did do a ton of shit for us as fans and 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 really cool shows and drive-in movie theaters and they did the whatever they could to keep things going but behind the scenes what we didn't know was that, well, if we can't be out there touring like we wanted to be and rolling with this new energy that we have from just all this intense jamming and, and practice, again, I'm not in the band, but uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that most of the new songs that we got this year were probably a direct result of the COVID shutdown and the subsequent two years where the shift, I think, 
probably went more into songwriting because they couldn't go into performing as much, especially the first year, but even last year, definitely not ideal. So there's two years there where they couldn't ride that tractor beam high and go out there. They could have done that and kept trying to do that. I, I honestly was surprised and it took me a while to accept actually when they were doing all those shows, even during the pandemic, that I wasn't getting into that tractor beam. I go, wait, wait, wait why aren't they doing that anymore? That was so fucking hot. And again, I know this might be a hot take. I, there are p plenty of people who may not like the idea of tractor beam jams, but just it's not even specifically that jam that they would do in the second set. I didn't particularly like that there was something quote unquote predictable, but I did like that it opened up the the night to like something totally new and could go anywhere and usually it was really fucking dark and dancey and I thought that was really nice to have. They always placed it nice nicely at the end of the second set. Again, like maybe like a drums and space type thing. Um which by the way, the drums and space for Dead and Company is so fucking just electronic and housey. Um just four on the floor. Just uh another band ripping off the disco biscuits. <laughs> uh so anyway, I assume that the band utilized this time for songwriting. Uh, I have heard them talk about it. I know that they've been working on it for quite some time. And since they started breaking out those new songs, spring, summer of 2022. Now we're getting the fruits of all that labor. We haven't seen really any tractor beam jams at all in 2022. We didn't see them in 2021. I mean, obviously at any point they can bust it out. They've put tractor beam on the shelf many times before. But they weren't doing it to the degree that they were doing it at the end of 2019. So it was a little, again, I was, I was super hyped on that. And then it shifted again to just Biscuits just playing. I was just happy and grateful that my band was still playing. And in 2022, so many songs that really just crushed the 2019 songs. Everything from Evolve on has been just so much doper. And I think Evolve and a lot of the songs after that, again, came out of probably 2021 and the songwriting uh, of really 2022. And I know Barbara was just a fucking machine in 2022, pumping out so many gems. And this band went from a real focus, it felt like, on jamming. And a little focus, but like a pretty like average like amount of, of output of new songs. It was kind of like your standard, like a couple of songs and then a lot of jam vehicles that like it's the same as like 2008, 2009. It felt like that. That's what 2019 felt. It felt like that amount of productivity, uh, which is fine, but it's not like a total resurgence of the band. But then this new group of songs, it's just like, what is happening? So I'm all about where the band is at now, and I'm loving the new songs. But I will say that I also love what was happening, and I'm, I'm kind of curious if we ever had that pandemic if this band would have just picked up and just toured heavily in 2020, continued with the tractor beam thing, just continued putting out a song here or there, and they they didn't get that time to just be around and hanging out and having nothing to do, and the world didn't shut down, would we have even gotten all of these new songs? I would. I, I think maybe not. I think all of this stuff is uh, is coming directly from from that period, and that's. That's amazing, but it, it's amazing uh, what they've done with their time. I mean, this band really shows that they're they can't be stopped. They're just gonna keep uh, they're gonna keep going. So yeah, if you have not done a real 
dive into November and December 2019 Disco Biscuits or just maybe give it a re-listen. I'm really big onto the Flor- on the Florida shows. I really love the December 13th. Just listen to that second set open of the dribble. It's real long and it's got a lot of that barber synth guitar thing that he's doing. And I think that show, the show before December 12th, I mean, those two right there, that little winter tour, Florida run, was how my mother would describe as titties. I'm, that's what my mom would say. She'd say, this, these shows are the titties above the Dave. I'd say, be for L, Mom. Well, speaking of a lovely woman, our first guest today is a jam band groupie. She slept with so many jam band musicians. She's sucked more dicks than I've seen shows. No judgment, just a little bit of jealousy, though. If she's not backstage, she's in the back of the van. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Sally, the jam band groupie. Sally, nice to have you back. You good? Oh, yeah. What is this? Did you bake me a cake? Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Sally. You shouldn't have. Oh, oh, yeah. Wait, is this a pound cake? That's fitting. Yeah. Oh, it's a strawberry shortcake? My fave. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to eat some now. Oh, wow. You want some? Here. Right? Oh, Sally, thank you so much for this. So, Sally, uh, you and Gary still going strong? Oh, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Nice. You think he's the one? Oh, wow. You guys talk about taking the next step? Oh, yeah. Good for you two. Sally, are you living in the men's room here? Because every time I've used the men's room, which is multiple times a day, every single day, you're there. Yeah, I mean, it's fine, really, if you are. So you're not? You are? Okay, so you're not? Does Gary live in the men's room? I thought so. Yeah, I thought so. He's a hell of a bathroom attendant, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Thorough work. Only issue was that one time when he sold all of our stocked toilet paper for a gram of ketamine. Oh. But he did replace it the next day, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sally, are you doing Dead and Company tour? Oh, please. Are you sad it's the last tour? Oh. Do you think Phil will drop in? Oh, 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 yeah. Do you think Trey will drop in? Do you think your knees will drop in? Oh, yeah, that's it. What would you do if Billy Strings dropped in? Sally, do you think Goose is getting past the torch? (laughs) What? Do you think Goose sucks? Fuck yeah! 
I've seen Goose and I thought they were pretty good. <laughs> so, Sally, you've slept with countless jam band musicians, correct? Oh, yeah. And would you say on average that jam band musicians come too fast? Oh, yes. Hmm. So they're just like me then. No, that actually, that makes me feel better. Oh, fuck yeah! Would you say the longer a dude jams, the quicker he comes? Mmm, yeah. Fascinating. Sally, what can you tell me about Harry Hood? How do you feel so good? Sally, do you think it's lame that I host a podcast about jam pants? Yeah, that's fucking hot. No, Seriously, you can be honest. You think girls think it's weak or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping you weren't going to say that, but you're right. It is lame, sure. But I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, even if people think it's uncool. Holy crap. I love you. <laughs> really? Okay, well, thanks, Sally the Jam Band Groupie, for popping in. That cake isn't sitting too well. Oh, God. Oh, okay. Uh, I need to get up. <laughs> I am going to take a quick trip to the... Um, all right, just hold one second here, guys. <clears throat> uh, whoa, 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 okay, okay. Buddy, what's up, dude? Man, dude, it's been like two hours, man. Oh, hey, Gary. Oh, man, excuse me. I gotta hit. I gotta hit the stall, dude. I'm about to fucking blow this shit up, dude. You might want to bounce. Yeah, dude, I got a stereo over here, man. I'll just put this on. I'll put on some tunes and just get some Jerry Garcia band, dude. And just uh, I'm gonna, I'll just kind of play it real loud so I don't hear. It's it, not dude. the hearing I'm worried about. I think you're gonna, I think you're, I'm gonna blow you out. Like shit's gonna. This is something. Oh god. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna uh, need about five minutes or so to uh, just diarrhea all over this fucking toilet. So I'm gonna send in the emergency team of Bill Kreitzman and Mickey Hart. Guys, are you on standby per usual? Oh, hey. Okay. Yeah, dude, we got you. We got you above the Dave. All right, hold on. Let me get on my kid here. All right, all right. Get my xylophone over here. All right, guys. Yeah, I'm. I gotta. I gotta cut this mic out. I'm about to fucking. Oh shit. Take it away, boys.
Thank you so much, Bill Kreitzman and Mickey Hart. I really appreciate it, guys. That was sick. Above the Dave. Oh, what's up, Gary? Gary, you got a paper towel? Yeah, I got a, I got a paper towel. Here you go. Oh, thanks, man. Dude, I guess you, if you're always here, you just fucking just have to smell all the fucking dude shitting in here, right? I don't even smell anything, dude. My nose is completely clogged with, with a whole bunch of ketamine. That's kind of a nice side effect, I guess, of a crippling drug addiction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love ketamine. This is great, man. Thanks again for this job. It's really nice of you, Gary. You don't have to thank me for giving you a job. Every single time I go to the bathroom, I do that every time you're in the bathroom, dude. That's crazy, dude. This is wild. Yeah, and that's and you say that every time too. Do you want to do any key? Ketamine. No, I don't. You, you always ask me that. One day you're going to probably say yes. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I got to go do a show, but uh, let's talk soon, Gary. All right, Dave. Hey, what show are you going to do? My, my show, the, the last scene, podcast. The, your employer. Oh. I was going to say, because if you were going to go to like J-Rat or something, I'd probably be down to like check out their bathroom. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just doing my show. That's all right, dude. All right, no, I'm having like the best time in here, so it doesn't really matter, dude. I'm having like a great time, dude. All right, Gary, man. All right, fine. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Gary. Oh man, thanks, guys. Oh man, you guys, they really coach. All right, all right. We are very excited about our final guest of the day. He is one half of the legendary rock group Ween. We spoke last season with Gene Ween and we got a debut of a brand new Ween song. That was a treat. Today we're going to speak with the other half, the man who paints the town brown with kick-ass guitar solos. Everybody give it up for the man, Dean Ween. What's going on about the days? Dean Ween, absolute pleasure, man. Thank you for coming in the studio. I know you're a busy guy. No, not really. Mostly uh, just fish. And uh, every now and then I do a Ween show. Oh, that's it? That's all you're doing? I just did a, did a breakfast at Shoney's, pump some gas, buy a pack of smokes, get some bananas and blow, and then go out to my boat, and I like to go fishing. Yeah, I, I didn't know that you were big into fishing. I think you did some YouTube videos of you fishing with some people. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I like to fish. I like to rock, and I like to fish. That's cool. The other episode, I was talking about people who like ween and also like fish. The band. Yeah, I know this is a jam band podcast, but, you know, ween, we're different from other jam bands. You can say that again. Yeah. Yeah, we're not about that pussy shit. We fucking rock, dude. Alright? We really rock. We really jam, alright? These pussy jam bands today, I mean, they're not getting fucking dark and evil. And that's not a fucking jam band. 
the fucking jazz quartet. Oh shit, dog. Shots fired by Dean Ween. Oh, I'll say it to their fucking face, dude. <clears throat> you know, we didn't start by being a jam band. We just started writing fucking kick-ass music. And then we just took a lot of risks and did a lot of cool experimental shit on stage. And then people started telling us we were a jam band. We were like, what? You mean like Deep Purple? And they were like, no, like Fish. And then I listened to Fish and I was like, nah, dude. We are not like that. They're singing about fucking lizards and shit. Yeah, and you guys sing about eels and shit. I guess you got a point. Yeah, and, and they rock in their own way. And you rock in your own way. And they seem to like you guys. Yeah, they do like us. I mean, you gotta fucking like Ween. Ween fucking rules. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone likes Ween except for, like, a lot of girlfriends of guys who like Ween. I've heard that before. Yeah, you know what other band has a lot of disgruntled wives and girlfriends in attendance? Probably Fish. Yeah, you nailed it, dude. So that's another thing you guys got in common. Just another difficult band to get your girl into. You know what? You're fucking more difficult than Fish. Really? I don't know, actually. That That's too hard. It's too close to tell. You hit her with some white pepper, but you can't start her at the pod. Maybe you're just hanging out with the wrong chicks above the Dave. You're probably right, Dean Wayne. Yeah, if your girl doesn't like Wayne, she's probably a fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, neither of you guys have the most accessible music. What draws someone to either you or, or to Fish is that they're looking for something different in their music. But what is so wonderful about Ween is that you guys do so many different genres of music. You're absolutely fearless in your songwriting and in the genres that you've tackled over your many decade career, which is going up about 40 years at this point, right? Yeah, fucking 40 fucking years, dude, of rocking and jamming. Real jamming, dude. Real jamming, I get that. I mean, you do, you do like your shredding, you do like a lot of solos. You'll just kind of solo shred over a lot of stuff. Just look at it this way above the days. Ween, we're always rocking. No matter what we're doing, you're always going to be thinking to yourself, Ween's really fucking rocking right now. A lot of these other jam bands, that's not rocking, okay? We kick ass over and over again. Totally. If that's your thing, which it, which it is for me, I, I enjoy that. You don't got to tell me. I'm into it. I'm just saying it's not for everybody. It's not for pussies. Yeah. It's not for fucking pussies. That's right. Okay, yeah, sure. Can I smoke in here? Oh, never been asked that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, light one up, Dean. You're still smoking, huh? Rock and roll, baby. Rock and fucking roll. You guys are the real deal. Oh, you are right, Dean. If you look at all the jam bands out there, and we, then you look at Ween, that's some fucking... Rock. That is some rock and roll right there. Those are a bunch of dudes who fucking raged and wrote great music, and you are the real deal. You're right. You guys got that on everybody who's, who's, who's out there. With you, dude. There's only one other guy I would say, if we're going in that direction in the jam world, uh, that is close to you guys, if it'd be considered even more rock than you, Dean Ween. Mm -hmm. 
What are you talking about? No one's more rock than Wayne, dude. Think about it. He's a buddy of yours. More rock than Wayne? Battle, dude. Yeah, man. I'm talking about Les Claypool. Hey, dude. Les Claypool? Yeah, I gotta make your order. Oh, Les Claypool popping into the studio. It's like he knew to be here. Whoa, dude. I love this man, dude. This guy is fucking, he rocks, man. I'll be honest, that's... <laughs> Yo, Les is the other guy in the fucking jam bands. He's a fucking pussy, dude. <laughs> Les Claypool, once again, back here at the Lot Scene Podcast. Les, one of the best shows of last year was at Red Rocks, you and Ween, playing Primus songs, playing Ween songs together. Man, I wish I was at that show. Welcome to Taco Bell, can I interest you in a new five cheese, cheesy red Uh, nope. All right, I'll pick you order then. Okay, I'm gonna do a the number eight. Damn it, Les. Les, nice to join at Red Rocks and having fun with the sapphire and joining with that demon and wing and very nice to be seen. That's one of the coolest nights of my life, man. <clears throat> oh yeah. Fuck that, dude. Red Rocks, man. What a cool place. The sapphire guys are funny, man. They really put out a really great show, man. We got a lot of love that night. That was. Both of us did, man. Have a lot of love in that place. And the two of you are actually really good friends too, huh? You you guys go you guys go pretty far back, huh? Oh man, yeah, yeah. This is one of my best buddies right here, man. What? I don't even know how far back we go, man. When we start hanging out, dude. I'm sorry, your call cannot be completed right now. Please try back again. Oh damn! Wait, I'm not on a call. Oh, you fucker! Oh, fuck <laughs> <laughs> well, we met back out in the 80s, and we're hanging around down there, and then the 90s did a bunch of things, and now we're live a lot of fun. I don't know what you said, but I'm sure it didn't answer the question. Are we ever going to get the Les Claypool and Ween collab? Is that album ever going to drop? Thank you for holding. You are number 62 in line. Please hold. Wait, a hold for what? <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, Les. Now all is way too lazy, and we're probably not gonna start a band, and we're probably not gonna do a goddamn thing except play until we're dead. No dude, we can do an album together. Anything's fucking possible, man. I mean we're still alive. The fact that Gene Reed's still alive, man, anything's fucking possible, man. <laughs> I'll tell you that much, that motherfucker rocked. Yeah, I would love nothing more than to get the full understanding and scope of exactly what the fuck you guys did over the last 30 to 40 years in terms of partying. That needs to be told. Please tell that story. Reveal it in pieces or just get super honest in a book. I don't know. That would just be a phenomenal read, I have a feeling. Yeah, fuck yeah, I would, dude. We could call it The Book by Ween. Perfect, see? You already got a working title. I think he's saying he's got to go. Yo, you want to go fishing? I'm going to grab some bears. I'm about to Dave. I'm going to go fishing, dude. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming by the studio. Seriously, think about that book thing, though. 
That, like, we all need to read that weed book. Don't think about it, but books are for pussies. I'm rock and roll, bitch. You hear that, you little fuckers? Little podcast, little fucking podcasters. Fucking nerds, jam band fuckers. All right, everybody, give it up for Dean Ween and Les Claypool. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Latin Podcast. I want to thank Sally, that jam band groupie, for coming on in. Quick shout out to Gary in the men's room, as well as Bill Kreitzman and Mickey Hart for popping in and giving us a little drums in space. And finally, big thanks to Dean Ween of Ween and Les Claypool. Next week, I'm going to talk about drugs. And they're so scary now. And it's changed the way that we attend and experience shows. After that, we are going to get a visit from Derek Trucks and Susan Tedeschi. We've had them on a few times before. And now they're back and they are coming on with their therapists. So we're going to have a little round table with all of them and, and see if we can help them work through some stuff. And then we're getting an exclusive with my main man, none other than the keyboardist for the Disco Biscuits, the one, the only, Aaron Magner is in the studio next week. So thank you all so much for listening. I have been your host, Above the Dave, and this has been The Lot Scene.